0: Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. Welcome back. It is an honor to be here with you this morning. Very excited about the content uh, for today, to think about Good Landing, how it was started, the work that God has done, the miracles and the intervention to see His hand and to see His presence um, through it all, Uh, even when it was messy, even when uh, I did not know what I was doing to see Him to be faithful in there. And let me just preface everything uh, that I'm going to say today as as I talk about starting Good Landing and, and how God worked in my life. You know, a lot of times whenever I hear... Uh, speakers, you know, whether that be motivational speakers or speakers on business, that sometimes they come from the perspective of everybody needs to make their own, you know, everybody needs to have their own company, and you know, if you're not, you know, making a bunch of money and have your own company, somehow, you know, you haven't entered into God's perfect will for your life, and that's just not the case. So I just want to be careful that I don't put a a burden on somebody. This is the story. So whatever that's going to look like, you know, for, for your life. And sometimes people are, are going to play a support role, and you want to be sensitive to where is God leading you. But in that plan, that there will be stretching, that there will be risk, that there will be times of... Of uh, dying to the flesh and all of that stuff that's going to take His grace so that you walk in to the perfect will, to His perfect will for your life. So, good landing and how it started. Uh, Several years ago, uh, I was working for a company, uh, had an incredible job, uh, was doing something that I love to do, was passionate about, and really where uh, my life um, had taken uh, had gone to the next level and I had started to get a taste of success the first time that I had, you know, made real money and, um, you know, was doing a, a a work that I felt really good about and that just brought value on multiple levels um, to, to my own life and provided for my family. Very very exciting time. But in that, um, you know, I, there, there was a, a stirring in me um, and, and it's part of my job that I would um, I was gone 120 days out of the year. Um, I was traveling to all these different cities, and so one of the perks was they would fly us first class. And as I was on... Uh, those trips that oftentimes I would be sitting next to people who were very successful. I mean, I just, just think back to, to some of those conversations and it was business owners and um, people that had had, had really uh, just done well in their lives. And whenever I would engage in a conversation with somebody that um, I wanted to, to be able to pull everything out of them. I wanted to understand, you know, what was your path and, you know, what were some of the key decisions that you had to make and, you know, what, what was the, um, uh, the things that, that I could really gain from them to, to better understand what it meant to be able to lead at that level and, uh, you know, remember some of those that, that had a great impact on my life. Uh, you know, I, I remember, um, I guess it was sometime in late... 2016, maybe first of the year 2017, I was working with a local church. And so part of my job is what I would do is I would teach uh, tax strategy, I would help 501c3s as they would, um, uh, you know, work through their infrastructure and then also creative ways for them to be able to protect their assets. And then also to be able to start feeder corporations to help drive revenue so that they wouldn't solely be depending on tithes and offerings and giving, uh, to be able to drive their, their mission. And, and so really what I was doing is I was traveling around the nation, teaching everybody to do what, what, what I actually wanted to do, what was in my heart. And it was probably why I loved it so much and why I was pretty good at it. And, um, and so I was working with this local church and I was I was teaching them of just saying, hey, you know, you've got all this staff, you know, why don't you use some of this staff to be able to start maybe a cleaning business or something so that, you know, you could drive some extra revenue in. And then I felt the church wanting me to kind of take on that role and lead these initiatives. And while I was very excited about it, I was honored at the, at the at the at the offer or at the discussion I should say about the possibilities, I didn't feel like it was the right move at the time, but it really bothered me because, you know, weeks and months after that, I'm thinking, "Man, you know, was that, you know, was I supposed to do that or I wish I was doing that?" And, and about 3 months later, I get a phone call from one of the guys that was a part of of that discussion, and he asked me. He says, "He goes, what? Um, he goes, what are you doing with your life?" and and the way that I heard the question was like he was challenging me. You know, like, "What, what are you doing with your life?" and 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 it, it really kind of offended me. And I was like, what do you mean, what am I doing with my life? I'm over here killing it. That's what I'm doing with my life. I'm making great money. I'm traveling. I have an awesome family. And what do you mean, what am I doing with my life? And and he follows that up after I answered the question. He says, he goes, I believe that God has so much more for you. And he goes, whatever that is, he goes, I want to get behind it and back it. And is I started to to think about that and to think about what was already in my heart and what God was doing in my life and I said you know how many times in your life does somebody show up and say hey I want to back what God is is doing in your life you know ultimately to say hey I'm going to throw money at your dreams and and want to get 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 behind you so that sounds very exciting and I started thinking about okay what's this going to look like and and then you know as as you start to really you know, kind of get down to the nuts and bolts and, and start to think like about a an actual transition, not just the dreaming phase, you know, not just, you know, pie in the sky and successful company. And then you start thinking about, okay, 90% of startups fail. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about, I've got a wife and three children. I'm currently working a job where I'm making more money than I thought that I would ever make in my entire life. And so, you know, it, it was one of those things where I knew that, you know, you kind of go and, and probably a lot of entrepreneurs kind of get to this spot of just saying, hey, You know, I would rather try and fail. Um, Than to look back one day and realize that I never tried, but but the truth is, is, when you really get down to that, I knew that I was in a job that I couldn't, you know, if this whole thing didn't work out, why well, I didn't think that we were going to end up homeless or anything like that, but I knew that I couldn't just walk across the street and find another job with the culture, loving what I was doing, making the money that I was making, and all the, all that kind of stuff. So there was real risk, and when it when it finally came down to it, when we finally landed and said we want to to Start a a business, a for profit treatment center, and the reason that we did it this way, which which is interesting, so th- there's a guy named Lou Engel, and um, he had spoken into to Bobby Humphrey, who's my business partner. It's had had, had had spoken to him, or you know, s- somehow had had really encouraged him in the fact that that Bobby was going to be used to start businesses that were going to fund God's kingdom. And, you know, so is – in me knowing 501c3 is inside and out, and I know how to raise money, and I'm connected with pastors and, and leaders all over the United States, the nonprofit model is what actually just kind of made the most sense in the natural. Like, that's what I know. And and you know let's go this way, but then when we finally landed, I just felt like God was saying, "Hey, we're going to do this as a for profit, and then we're actually going to use the revenue to fund ministries." And so just just the opposite of, of of what I actually knew and what I had done with my life before. And so whenever we we we, we get down and. Um, to, to this place about you know hey you know this is this, this is what we've landed on this is what we're going to develop um, I, I met with an, another friend of mine this guy Jake Klosterman who um, was really you know everything cool that you could that you could imagine about a person he was a he was a uh, a missionary he was an entrepreneur that had started a business maybe a couple of businesses I know I know one and he ended up selling it and um, you know he just had this really incredible home and you know I mean he was the guy that when he'd go on mission trips that He would, you know, he he would, you know, typically be self-funded, and he would show up somewhere, and God would tell him to rent a boat, and the next thing you know, he's at some, you know, there's a storm that comes, and you know, he's rescuing like hundreds of people, you know, off of this island. If he wasn't there, you know, just really miraculous stories. Maybe I'll bring him on the show one day, and you know, we'll interview him. That's not 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 the point of this, but I but I buried myself in this guy's house in his office every Saturday, and we started to whiteboard. Good landing... And you know we would cover the you know the organizational charts and the uh, the Gantt charts and 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 really just operationally how we're going to execute it. and it helped me tremendously just because of the way that you know that I think and you know I'm not naturally an ops person and so just laying this out and putting timelines and you know having deliverables and 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 having due dates and all of those kind of things like that really just just organized the process and got us to a place a lot quicker than if I would have just done this on my own, and so very, very grateful for Jake and his leadership um, during that time. And so we finally get to this place where everything's there, it's in motion, but I'm still wavering, and Bobby talks about this, and and, and he's just saying, I mean, you, you were wavering like you, he, he didn't know that if I was actually going to commit and leave my current job and jump off of the ledge and, and, and go after um, this thing that... Um, uh, you know that is known today as Good Landing, and and so we're there, and um, you know I'm traveling, and um, you know I'm 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 dreaming about a place where my children are going to be able to come see me during the work day and and just how awesome you know this is going to be to be able to come off the road and not be gone 120 days out of the year and all that stuff, right? And um, and during all of that during that season, there was a young man. Uh, from my hometown, twenty-nine years old, um, dies of a drug overdose. Now, when you know, you guys know my story. Um, probably at this point, I've ten treatment centers. Um, you know, battled IV methamphetamine drug addiction and, and been through all of that. And so, you know, once you once you get into that overdoses and people dying and stuff. I mean, it's really the same effect that, that, that you would have if you were at war. I mean, you know, maybe the, the, you know, the first time that happens, you know, it's very shocking. But after you live that life for so long and you've been around it for so long, you desensitize um, to a lot of the tragedy that is a result of, uh, of, of drug addiction. But when this guy passed away... Um, I, I didn't have a close relationship with him, but I did remember him growing up. I remember him as as a young boy, you know, driving his golf cart. Um, he, he just lived not far from my grandmother's house. And and so I, I just, like, that was really what I remembered of him. And then I remember somebody in his family posted a picture of, of his baby picture, and the baby picture resembled uh, one of my children, and, and it just broke me. I just remember looking at this baby picture and thinking, how in the world was somebody that has such a future, that has all of the possibilities to do anything that they want to do, that that, that addiction is, is so strong that it would still be the choice and that it could still overcome all of that. And, and, and I just remember weeping and weeping over this young man's life. And, and Bobby says, when that happened, that was the tipping point. When I said, you know, I'm not going to let comforts and things that that seem safe prevent me from stepping out into what I believe that God is calling us to do. And it was shortly after that that you know I really developed you know what I thought was a good transitional plan to go back to my work and say, hey, here's my exit strategy, and the way that I built it you know, was that I would be able to take a salary for at least the next year. And so I went in with my plan, and this is, you know, how I thought that it was going to play out. And the way that I thought it was going to play out, almost the opposite of that happens. And they accelerated the the end date. Um, way sooner than I'd hoped, I was moved straight into a part-time role. And so all this income, so we got a brand new company. We didn't have some huge startup budget or anything like that. I mean, it, it was a real risk on, on many levels. And is it, and I'll never forget that night. I'll never forget going in and I talked to the CEO. And, and like I said, I mean, what, what I thought was going to happen, the opposite happened and, um, you know, I remember coming home that evening and, and I'm, and I'm sitting there and it was very, 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 you know, surreal, uh, just, you know, unusual night being at home and I'm looking at my children and I'm looking at my wife and I'm thinking, what in the world did I just do? Like, what, like, what, like, what are you thinking, Trey? And I remember walking out on my back deck and there was a rainbow that night. And, you know, not that I got, you know, this, this you know heard God's audible voice but in the midst of all of that I just knew like I knew that I was going to be okay I knew that God was in this and that he was leading this and um, and even if I wasn't perfect you know that he's not surprised by that and he was going to be with me in my family every step of the way now a couple of weeks later I'm preaching back in Mississippi and it's probably 30 45 minutes before I go up on the platform to preach and Holly calls me and she says, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Number four is on the way. And I am just like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, I mean, we're in the middle of a startup. We've got three children. I know that that my income is literally getting cut in half. And now we have a fourth child on the way. And then right after that, I read some article by Focus on the Family and Dobson is talking about that if you are a young family with with, with with small children, don't even think about a startup. Don't you even think about it. <laughs> and then here we are. And I'm just thinking, I wish I would have read this article before I jumped into all of this. And so that was our life. And so I'm watching my income's been cut in half. I'm watching my savings account plummet. And, I, you know, I mean, so you're in there, right? I mean, I'm a man of faith and I've, you know, been tried in, in areas and stuff. Stuff, and, and we're just saying, hey, we're going to press on. And so we, we opened the doors really as a sober living facility in November of, of 2017. And um, uh, you know, I'll never forget the first guy I went back to Mississippi to pick him up, and he actually sold his truck to be able to come into our program. And as far as I know, he's still doing great to this day. Um, and, and I just thought, okay, th- th- this is th- this is going to work. And then the next day, another person came, and then you know a few weeks later, pretty much our first house was was full, and and so we were off to to the races. But the model that that we were we were after, and that we were you know setting out to to be certified in and all of that stuff had not come to fruition yet. We, had, we didn't have those certificates. And then by March of 2018, I mean, there was pretty much hardly any money left in the account. And once again, I'm thinking, okay, what, what, what what's going on here? You know, are we getting ready to have to go back to the bank? You know, am I going to have to try to find some more investors or, you know, or what? I mean, we just didn't know, you know, what, you know how this thing was going to play out. And I'm just like, all right, Lord, I, I really don't, don't don't understand this. And so kept pressing on. And then by May, we turned it around. We went profitable in May. And then by uh, the 11th month, so I guess by October, September, October, we had more money in the bank than what we started with. And, and that was, and you know, and, and, and again, this, this, this isn't some type of, you know, focus on wealth, but it was just to see God's hand on it. And that in the midst of that, all of the lives that had been changed and God is starting to build this team, you know, and we're, we're going through stuff. And, you know, I just remember, you know, some of the people that, that, that I thought that I was going to be able to count on and sources that I thought that it was going to be able to count on on the front end of this, that I'm thinking, okay, these people are for sure. This source is for sure. And it was actually just the opposite where I thought the support was going to come from, you know, and I think that's just sort of in, in God's fashion to say, hey, what, what you're trusting on is, is probably not going to be where, where, Um, Your support's going to come, but I'm going to bring you support from other areas in an unusual way so that you know that it's me. And that's just been the story of the team that he's brought, um, the people that have have come along the way. It's just been remarkable to see his hand in it all. And, um, you know, I think with, um, you know, being here on on this side of it now at almost two years in and... um, to know that uh, God is still in the middle of this and that He is growing this. I mean, I think that we're at about six houses right now. We've got about 52 people uh, in the program and we're steadily growing. And in the midst of that, that He's just given us so much wisdom and insight Um, that we are unapologetically Christian, but to be able to do that in a way that does not feel judgmental, in a way that says, hey, that God loves you. He understands where you are. He understands, you know, what your thoughts about him might be, that you might show up at our doors and you're an agnostic or you're from a different faith or you've got some type of alternative lifestyle, that we're going to be able to meet you with love in a a life given, faith-driven atmosphere and that it is going to be a place that is catalytic unto change. And we just thank God and just give Him all the praise for everything that He's done. And so I say this today that, you know, if you're on the fence, obviously, you know, seek wisdom, seek His face and, and a multitude of counselors. And, and, and make sure, too, that you choose wisely you know, who your friends are. Because I'm telling you, this is what, what you know, one of the things that, that I talk about a lot, you know, in our meetings and stuff like that is saying, hey, choose wisely who you're going to run with. Because if I would have been around a bunch of people that didn't have faith, you know, or they didn't believe the best in me whenever I came to them with this, this idea, they would have just been like, you're crazy. You don't have what it takes. Why in the world are you trying to get into a space that you don't fully understand? You know, stay away from that. But thank God that was not the people that I surrounded myself with. Thank God. You know, even- when I think about Holly, when I think about, you know, that, you know, typically her, you know, and and, and just the, the, the wife wanting security and wanting a place of, of safety, for her to get behind this and and to say, let's do it. I mean, she was the one um, really in all of this that was never pulling back the reins. It was probably me that was more apprehensive than her. And, and I think I would think usually it would be it would be just just, just the opposite of that. And, and so to know that we wouldn't be here without her support and without her faith. And, you know, so many other side stories that I wish that I had time to tell. But I hope that encourages you. You're there on the fence and you're getting ready to start a ministry and you're getting ready to start a company. I hope this encourages you that even whenever it gets hard and it seems uncertain to stay the course head down, trust Jesus. And and one of my favorite quotes by Mark Batterson and you work like it depends on you, pray like it depends on God. It takes both, hard work and great faith. Bless you guys. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call It's 770-570-7422.